This is exactly right. Surprised to see me. Oh, there just- you are. <laughs> oh, it's you. Oh, I feel like we just got a countdown from some like a news thing. And in five, four, and then silent three, two. And then Karen looked at me and went, Hey, George. Good evening. <laughs> this is Georgia Hardstar. No, it's not. <laughs> are we starting? Oh. And, and one. Begin. Hey, Karen. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Welcome. Thank you. Georgia. Thank you so much. Show. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you to welcome, welcoming my show and my apartment. And your, oh my God, welcome to your apartment. Thank you. That's your bedroom. Thank you. Please feel free to use your bathroom. Thank you. Have, should I hover though? Uh, when yeah, I pee? that'd be better because I don't want ger- your germs ugh. in here. My butt. Ugh. I don't want your butt around. Uh, <laughs> this is my favorite murder mini-sode where we read you your hometown murders. Yeah. And they're because we get so many and they're great. And you guys should I are, say the number? The phone number? Oh. <laughs> yeah, should I give your phone number? We should have a phone number. Oh my god. One eight hundred. We should kill kill kill. <laughs> uh no, I was gonna say the amount the number of yes. eleven thousand so. eight uh Two hundred and seventy nine emails are in our inbox Unread. right now. No brag. Unread. No brag. It's not a brag because it's making us go out of our fucking minds with anxiety. It's not a brag because now it's Steven's job. Yeah. So next people who send them to us now, write them to Steven. It's really exciting <laughs> because I feel like Steven's C-C. about to like it's like January. It's like a brand new year. We've got a plan. We're gonna take care of business. Yeah, we're gonna get fucking a bombed, but doesn't matter. In the meantime, no, yeah. Until the, you know, it is. It's a race to that, and until then, we're gonna be so organized. It's a race war to that. <laughs> Stephen is going to take care of our emails. I'm just ignoring Sorry. that. Yeah, I mean, what about race war? Edit that out. Edit that out. I, I'm on. I'm on the. Okay. You're talking Keith Papini style. No, no, no. We are not trying to start a race war. I'm fighting Keith Papini. Oh, okay. I'm not on his side. No, okay. of course not. My point is that Steven's going to be taking over a lot of shit, and I'm really excited about it, because... I like that perfect. we're telling people as if they're super stressed about it when we're the ones that are super stressed oh, about right. it. Oh, right. They don't give up. Just like... Yeah. No brag, my inbox is empty. <laughs> this is why we fucking hired you, Stephen. That's like, right. We wouldn't have hired someone who has. We wouldn't have hired ourselves, but somehow we got the job. I I also got to do the brag that Stephen. When Stephen said his inbox was empty, I looked at mine. Nineteen thousand eight hundred and ten oh emails. When will you know what? If it's important, they'll email you again four times. If it's important, I'll get a UPS registered letter <laughs> <laughs> saying you owe, and then you'll put it somewhere else, and you'll get four more. I figure if it's important the sheriff will pull up <laughs> guns a blazing and take me down to the station that's the hope and then i'll come but like bail you out yes maybe. you will please maybe i'll let you learn a lesson for a night though oh that's a good you know idea I mean? yeah teach me a lesson i'm gonna let you learn your lesson about emails um so here uh, do you want to start uh wait no you go okay here's the first one that i picked and it's because it's from Aaron, and the subject line is, I was getting laid while they were getting slayed. <gasps> That's right. That's how we're kicking off January. Holy Punk, rock, kick in the air. Shit. Uh, hey, you guys. And that's all 
a bunch of E's, a bunch of O's, and a bunch of U's. Hey, you guys. You refuse to say it. I won't do it. It isn't Sesame Street. Uh, So I listen to you guys when I'm driving, working, cooking, and showering. (laughs) It's dangerous. And it's gotten to the point where I now use Murderino lingo in my common daily life. I own a restaurant. Ooh. Ooh. And recently, during a shift, said to my crew, um, bye. (laughs) Granted, I look a little like Luke from Gilmore Girls. Don't know who that is. Uh, but I, me either. I'm a shorter, she said, a shorter, more lesbian Luke. <laughs> is Luke one of the ladies? Uh, no, I think Luke is the male lead. Okay, got it, got it. Um, but Sorry. we'll have to check our sources, Stephen. Um, <laughs> so those words coming out of my mouth were not expected one bit. My staff stopped in their tracks like a scratched record staring at me. Oh, well. So here's my hometown murder. <laughs> I grew up in Littitz, Pennsylvania, no where nothing but chocolate and pretzels happened. I got little tits, too. <laughs> Georgia said that with one hand on her chin, so kind I of was... like like a sassy librarian. I wish you could have seen it. I got little tits too. Um, okay, Littitz. Littitz <laughs> was voted coolest little town or something ridiculously homey like that. And folks who grew up there usually stay there. It's a snow globe town, adorable as fuck. In the parent in the neighborhood, my parenthood. In the neighborhood where my parents lived, there were a group of kids that were all within three to five years of each other, like a ton. We used to play collective neighborhood flashlight tag, kick the can, capture the flag, you get it. I moved away for college and only came back for a short time while my mom was sick. I was 24 at the time and hated being back in my childhood room. But you know, nothing says independence like sleeping on a twin bed under your third grade class picture. Oh. Uh, she's really painting a picture for us. Yes. I was casually dating this girl who... Also lived at home, winners, and we literally never were alone. One night, while my parents were on vacation, we stole the house and did what any early 20s heart-struck lesbian couples do, got wasted and watched Disney movies. That totally went in a direction I didn't expect. I didn't either. (laughs) In the morning, we scrambled to leave for work and were immediately circled by police. (gasps) I was convinced my parents had found out about our rager (laughs) and couldn't believe they called the cops. I rolled down my window and the police officer yelled, what are you doing here? I told him I was going to work, which he said, not this way you aren't. There's some crazy stuff that happened on up the street. You have to stay inside. Oh, my God. So I called into work with no details. Awesome way to get fired and stayed inside like the cop told me to. Three hours later, we got a visit from the same police officer who told us there had been a murder up the street. Michael and Catherine Borden, who lived 200 yards from me, were both murdered in their home by their daughter's boyfriend, oh, David Ludwig. You piece of shit. David 18, who was dating their 14-year-old daughter, ew, was found to be sexually active with her, duh. After being forbidden to see each other, Ludwig broke into their house, killed both parents, and then fled with their daughter, Kara. At the point... At the point the cop had come to my house, they were still on the run. Eventually, David wrecked the, the getaway car into a tree in Indiana after a chase, and they recovered Kara. Kara attended her parents' funeral sitting next to her other siblings fuck what no get the fuck out of here Uh, initially they sought the death penalty for david but after a plea he was given life imprisonment with no hope for parole 
Now we know That's what that means. That's how we need to fucking end that. Uh, after that, the house became neighborhood scare shack where kids playing flashlight tag would go up and see how close they could get to the Aww. front door before they freaked out and ran back. Shows that you never know what's happening in a small town. Anywho, Elvis, you're awesome. Aww. Ladies, thank you so much. Stay sexy. Don't get murdered. Aaron, that... Dude. was awesome but also fuck i don't want kids like sp- especially after this podcast yeah you know what i mean like yeah what if you raise a kid like i don't know what's worse having the daughter or the shitty boy who kills who's dating a 14 year old who kills the family i mean you just can't control fate that's the thing whether you have kids and they grow yeah. up and then they're old ne- and they live next door to you and nothing ever happens or a boulder rolls down your street. That's and true. They, or like James and the Giant Peach. Oh, his parents, remember? Yes, they, they got run over by a rhinoceros. By rhinoceros. <laughs> that, that probably shaped me. And so, like, that was my... Right. Yes. They, the rhinoceros escaped the zoo, right? Yep. And they ran down the street and ran over his parents. And, and then they had car. to go live with Ant Spiker and Ant Sponge. Oh, my God. The two worst ants of all time. Is this why we're... We must have a connection on this level. Because Raul Dahl was my fucking favorite person in the whole world he's the best and he hated children did you know that (laughs) he hated children and i think he may have been either an anti-semite oh cool there was was some questionable stuff okay uh that is surprising for a person who wrote things like the big friendly giant yeah danny the champion of the world yeah some of my favorite books of all time please don't ruin james and the giant peach for me Can't, can't do it. How can you? An anti-Semite wrote it. Yeah, that's, that's how you ruined it. Sorry, that's exactly right. Can't, isn't it offset by a, no by living on a peach that you can just eat as a oh with insects with like the coolest insects. When my teacher read that in like fourth grade, I just sat there going, "I want to live on a peach so peach. bad. I want to eat my home. I love peaches. <laughs> I love peaches. I want to eat my home. Yeah. Oh God. All right. Thanks, okay. Aaron. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> this one is called. Let's see, which one should I do first? Okay. Oop, God damn it. Okay, this one's called. It says hometown story, then all caps. You will die. Yes. This is from Olivia. Hey, ladies, I'm obsessed with your podcast, and you, my fiance, thinks I should be hospitalized and that I'm planning his murder. <laughs> you will die at this story. So good. So. The quote is Bonnie and Clyde for some reason. Okay, so my fiance went to high school with this couple, Heather, who's now 20 years old, and Tommy, who's now 22. Heather came from a wealthy family and is a bit of a troublemaker growing up. She had a tumultuous relationship with her mother because of this, and it got worse when she started dating a, quote, bad boy named Tommy. Yes, from the wrong side of the track. Hey, man. Tommy. Tommy. Just a white t-shirt all the time. Um, naked from the waist down in a white t-shirt. What? Tommy, gross. Porky pig in a white (laughs) t-shirt. About two years ago, Heather's mom, Sheila, arranged a luxurious trip to Bali for her and Heather to iron out their relationship. Oh, Yeah, that's how my family does it. I know, right? They were going to get like vacation braids and shit. Yeah, we just put on some sarongs in in Bali and just talk shit through. (laughs) That's why my mom and I are best friends. (laughs) No, it's not because we don't talk. No. Uh, Tommy unexpectedly joined them. I'm sorry. And and Sheila was not happy. How do you unexpectedly jump on a plane to Bali? Yeah, that's it becomes expected when you're shelling out eight grand for Tommy. Totally. During the trip, the couple told Sheila that they were expecting a baby. Oh, Sheila did not think Tommy was good, a good guy, and she was not pleased about the news. During a confrontation, the mother was beaten to death by Tommy with a glass ashtray. Oh, my God. Holy fuck. The couple smashed the lifeless body into a suitcase, called a taxi, put the suitcase into the taxi, told the taxi driver they would be right back, and ran away. 
What? What? That is not a plan. That's not a good Uh. plan. After some time went by, the taxi driver got suspicious, yeah, and discovered it was a dead woman in his trunk. They looked into the hotel surveillance footage and tracked down a couple by the airport trying to flee the country. Heather and Tommy tried to claim it was self-defense because Sheila attacked them after learning about the unborn baby. Yeah, fucking right. Yeah, right. However, the authorities later discovered that the couple had planned the murder for months. Whoa. They planned the murder for months and an ashtray is what they're going to yeah, use. Yeah, yeah. In Bali? Yeah. Bali? Bali. Bali. I don't know. I'm never going to go there. Uh, that's the one place in that I won't go for our tour. Why? No, I'm just kidding. That's, oh, not, true. that's not the place. People oh, want to know the place. You're finally I, revealing the city revealing and it's, it's Bali. It's like the most beautiful place ever. I won't go there. Um, this is where we find out that Bali is not in the United States. I, wait, what? I thought oh. there were 51. Um, do, 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 do. Let's see here. Stephen's choking. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, we're so funny, Stephen. Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> they use the code term saying hi quote for any time they would talk about the planned murder these people sound fucking stupid don't you think this is a perfect time to go and say hi or let's say hi after we tell her the news <gasps> heather and tommy got conv- convicted and they're both still in bali prison oh you don't want to be in bali prison i'm guessing is that the bad is that the bad spot i don't know i just don't want to be i don't know it's heather, like a, a jail out over blue crystal yeah, waters it sucks <laughs> there's like chaise lounges and shit <laughs> so much drinking out of coconuts oh, so many coconuts heather had her baby and is raising her daughter in the bali prison it also came out that in chicago hey what if you someone's like hey where were you raised in a oh, prison in a, a bali prison in with a, my mom I'm a victim here. I'm yeah. totally innocent. But we should go visit my hometown. It's a fucking <laughs> maximum security prison. This is where we had Christmas. Oh my god! In this it, corner. This is where my mom had. Uh, what's it called when you're by yourself the whole day? Super, being super lonely. <laughs> no, <laughs> Isolation <that's life>. issues. <laughs> um, it also came out that in Chicago, where Heather grew up, that the police had been called to their house over 90 times because Heather would abuse her mom. Why the fuck was nothing done? Heather and Tommy both still post on social media like lunatics all the time and call and my fiance is quote friends with both of them because he knew them back in high school i i'm sorry he's calling her fucking crazy and he's friends with fucking murderers on yeah Facebook. i this whole thing is gone this person might be a little stone and just writing whatever they comes to their head i think this is olivia's call for cry for help <laughs> that her fiance is a visually i mean um what's the word when you're speaking vocally abusing her what's the word <laughs> verbally thank you <laughs> you are visually abusing me you're vocal you look abusing like me. shit and your vocals suck you look terrible he's gaslighting her he's telling her she's crazy and meanwhile he's like hey happy birthday heather I mean, there's uh, there's so many victims in this story Let's i don't know how it ends start. Da, 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 da. i live for their social media posts and i can't look away in recent posts to her more than 17,000 1750 Instagram followers have why do you get fucking Instagram in well, prison I mean, listen wouldn't you follow someone that's in a Bali yeah, prison but why does she get Instagram oh yeah because okay. I, I think Bali prison is the shit okay here's what she wrote do you want to know what Heather wrote on her Instagram <laughs> yeah I know y'all haters getting ready to throw me at home a homecoming party <laughs> I know y'all haters getting ready to throw me a homecoming party is what so she that's wrote. sarcasm Probably not. I don't think, I think sarcasm is for smart people. <laughs> there are so many more details and I don't want this to be too long. So here's the link. Love you both. XOXO, Olivia. Olivia, what the hell did you just tell us? Honey, 
there are places you can go to get away. Do you is now is Heather leaving Bali prison to go to a cyber cafe down the street from the prison to to log on, or does she get to have her own laptop in Bali prison? I bet you. Why? Okay. Why would prisoners have access to computers? I mean, did she earn it? Did she mop really hard that week? Like high school students, we barely got access to computers. Yeah. It's crazy. And then it was only like fucking uh, the Oregon Trail and shit. And also, what's that baby like? Does it have long hair oh. like a hippie baby? No, it's got fucking vacation braids. <laughs> <laughs> like it's been on a carnival cruise its whole life. Should we both do one more? Sure. Okay. Um, that was fucking nuts. All right. Ma'am, again, this is a, this is one is called don't have children. I mean, you know, you know what? Don't have teenagers. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I'm going to do this one from Thomas. I I always want to say the last name. I know. The subject line is my mom almost went on a blind date with a special ed teacher slash killer. Oh, man. Okay. Hi, murder queens. Ooh, I like that. That's fun. Fuck yeah. Long time listener, first time emailer, and then a smiley face made with parentheses and stuff. Elvis, not now. So when I was eight years old, my folks got divorced. Two years later, in 1992, my mom was... Oh, my God. I was already already a deep alcoholic at this point. My mom... Wait, you were? It's not about me. Okay. Two years later, in 1992... (laughs) Only about you. In 1992, my mom was already was ready enough to try to start dating again. I'll do it. She had a close friend that she worked with. We'll call him Sammy that lived near us with his wife. Um, He felt, he really felt bad for my mom and her ugly divorce and offered to set her up with his brother on a blind date. Stephen Clark Foster was a special ed teacher at a suburban elementary school in the Portland, Oregon area called Oregon City. Everything went to hell, however, just one week before she was to go on the date with Sammy's brother. This was early October 1992, and the principal from Stephen Foster's school, Alan Dean Gallagher, had gone missing. Gallagher! And <laughs> the comedian. Uh, his first name's Alan. Um, Is it? No. Oh. Uh, and... <laughs> That was a, a way inside baseball stand-up comedy it joke was. about and the comedian I Gallagher. I am not way into baseball. But it also wasn't funny. <laughs> um, so he had gone missing and hadn't been heard from in nearly a week. Likely racked with guilt and shame, Stephen Foster called 911 from a payphone to say that he had information regarding the principal's disappearance. I believe the police dispatcher told him to stay there. <clears throat> They'd have a patrol car come to his location at the payphone to speak with him. However, he panicked, got in his car and left. Police did not find him at the phone booth, however. They later spotted his car driving on the I-405 in downtown Portland. Foster eventually pulled his car over atop the Fremont Bridge, the highest bridge (gasps) over the Willamette River, and was observed pacing back and forth. Obviously, the police feared he was contemplating jumping to his death. The homicide detectives that followed him were able to convince him to get into their car with them and go talk with them at a safer location off off the bridge. Foster admitted that he had some sort of dispute with his principal. I believe he was caught stealing something from the school Mm -hmm. or someone at the school as Foster had multiple arrests in the past for theft over the years. But they go ahead and hire him as a teacher. Hired. Yeah. And then he's just like packing that backpack with post-it notes. (laughs) 
Um, he stated that he lured Gallagher to his home where he repeatedly stabbed his boss Don't. in the check, chest, neck, and abdomen until he died. Don't do it. Foster drove Gallagher's body 35 miles west of Portland, buried his body in a shallow grave while the detectives were waiting for officers from Oregon City to arrive at where they had pulled over with Foster, the special ed teacher slid over from the front passenger seat into the driver's seat of the detective's cruiser after slipping his handcuffed hands from his back to his front side Ooh. and began to take off, pedal to the metal. <gasps> as he nearly hit the officers as he pulled out, Fuck. one of the detectives opened fire with his service pistol and two bullets struck Foster in the abdomen. Foster didn't make it very far thereafter, crashing the cruiser into a utility pole just down the street. Foster would be taken to the hospital where he would later succumb to his wounds and die. Officers were able to use the information Foster gave them just before shooting to locate the principal's body that later that day. Needless to say, that put my mom off dating even longer. <laughs> I was ask how the date was. <laughs> After that near date with a killer, best wishes from Murderino Thomas. Stay sexy. Don't get dead. P.S. I'm also a distant relative of Charles Lindbergh and the Lindbergh baby. Oh, I love a that fascinating story. murder in itself. I agree. I'm fascinated with that yeah, murder. Yeah, it's so sad. It's so what happened. I know. Because the person, what? I think I know what happened. I think it got so foiled in the beginning. I don't want to say what it is in case we both do it. Okay. Should we both do it one time? We should time both and do it. Debate. Uh, <laughs> debate oh, the same he, point. Just so you know, he also says he got his tickets for the Dollops 1126 Portland show this week. Can't wait. Oh, we don't give a shit if you're going to the Dollop. Fuck the Dollop. No, Fuck I love them. <laughs> no, just kidding. We love the Dollop. They're our sister podcast. They are. And that um, was two weeks ago. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Thanks, Thomas. So we can plug it all we want. Yeah, that's right. They're not going to fucking There's nothing encroach you can do on now. our motherfucking. <laughs> wow, man, that sucks. <laughs> that's well, what's crazy to me is he got caught stealing from the, something from a school. So he stabbed the principal repeatedly. Get, get fired. What Collect unemployment. Be, what could be in that school? A typewriter? Like, yeah. what's the most valuable thing? A in the volleyball 90s. net? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. A vending machine? It had to be more than that. I bet it was like he Money? was molesting children. It, yeah. But would why think. wouldn't they... Maybe it's not, they can't prove it. So they're just saying it's like a, How, I, I want to know, like immediately I was like the, the cop who was able to talk him off the ledge and into the cop car, like that guy deserves a medal. And then some fucking rookie cop, like f- ruined it for him what, <laughs> because the way he put the, because he put the handcuffs on? on wrong or not tight on, no, not, or he put him in the front seat instead of the locking him in the back and then shot him. And the guy was like, I was about to get a fucking medal for like talking this guy off a fucking bridge. <laughs> you made the medal up though. <laughs> but let's pretend there's a medal. You're right. You're right. But uh, what I was going to say is what if he's one of those like, he, like from a distance, you're just like, oh, that's just some dude. But then underneath like his sweater, he's like a total yoga guy. So like he was going to be able to flip those, like get his like double jointed or weirdly able to get getting your hands from back to front. Oh, yeah. In handcuffs is not an easy thing to no. do in a car. But what did you think was going to happen? I thought you were going to ask if he was going to do like a fucking handstand off the <laughs> bridge. <laughs> Just hypnotize everybody. Wanted to do a sun salutation, and then they're like, "You know what? I think he's a good guy. Let him go. He's good at yoga. Let him go. Let go. Let God. Okay."
Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea, because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional, and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code SPACE80. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. 
Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Uh, last one. This one is called my aunt and uncle were friends with a murderer and he was a mortician. What? Whoa, Jessica. Levels. Jessica. Hi, Georgia and Karen. Love your podcast, obviously. My best friend and I are obsessed and basically want to be you guys when we grow up. Are you calling us old? That's rude. Uh, So here's my fave murder probably ever. Also... Uh, I don't make this sound interesting because I might wait. Also, if I don't make this sound interesting because I might not just watch the movie about the guy. Nope, girl, this is all about your fucking story. Yeah, that's right. Um, time to shine. My uncle was a mortuary was in mortuary school in Lake Charles, Louisiana, probably. Mm-hmm. Is it say L.A.? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And worked side by side with this really nice guy named Bernie Tide. They worked T I E D E. They worked at a local funeral home together basically 24-7 for a year. I recently texted my uncle about it and he casually responded, we would go to remove dead people from their place of their places of death together, embalm together, and work funerals together. You get the idea. <laughs> no, <laughs> just like wrote, the Vernon Shirley. <laughs> she wrote, you know, the usual. <laughs> my aunt and uncle then moved to the Shreveport area, but kept in touch with Bernie. Apparently, he would visit them in Shreveport while he was living in Catheridge, Texas. I know that's Texas. And they would have him over for dinner and catch up. Okay, here's where the story gets awesome. So Bernie was in Catheridge doing his mortician thing for a small town, running the funeral home, etc. And he was like the nicest guy, apparently. Everyone in the community loved him. In 1990, is this the short, is this what fucking is Jack Galifianakis? It's Jack Black. Fuck. Sorry. But, to, to sim- you're thinking of the, that's the other one where they were both running for mayor or whatever. No, I'm not. Are you the sure? The one you're thinking of is Bernie, which is Jack Black, where it's the little mustache and the curly hair. I think I've it's seen Jack it Galifianakis. Like I'm telling you. I believe you, but I think it is. This is a Veronica Lake situation <laughs> where I guarantee you. Karen, <laughs> I've never been wrong in the past this thirty is, seconds before this. Here's here's how I know because I love the movie Bernie because I could watch Jack Black do nothing, but in this movie he is so insanely hilarious. Okay, you have to admit that they both kind of like resemble each other. So. I'm not insane. No, not in the least. And they're they're both playing like effeminate southern yes. guys with like, like, like mustaches. What Zach Fal- Galifianakis is, plays when he plays his brother. Yes, it's exactly. The same character. In baskets, right. Okay. It's the same thing in that one, but that's one where he's running against yes. Will Ferrell in Bernie, which right. is a true based on a true story. Yes. Really I'm happened. thinking of that movie. I think I'm just thinking of the wrong person. Yeah, you've recasted it um, in my mind. Listen, I have to air freshener at thirteen years old. Like I'm not gonna fucking <laughs> remember everything and I'm okay like I accept that this is called the Febreze excuse and I'm sick of hearing it um it was it was like a grocery store brand fucking like anyways. Blade don't do drugs yes yeah okay 
Do, 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 da, 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 da. Okay, <laughs> so he met this lady, Marjorie Marge Nugent, awesome, at her husband's funeral. Everyone says Marjorie was this total bitch, really bitter and pretty much hated everyone, which is who I want to be when I'm old. Yeah, and I will be. Uh, okay, but Bernie, who was in his early 30s, and Marjorie, who was around 80, became inseparable. Pretty bizarre. In 1991, she had disinherited her son and left her $5 million estate to Bernie. Okay, what? She says. Um, <laughs> and was kind of estranged from her kids, apparently. Currently. By 93, Bernie left his job to work for her full-time as her business manager and travel companion. Oh, my God. It's Steven. That's Steven's role. Oh, my God. Steven's our Bernie. Steven, that's your title. <laughs> Basically, he was his old lady. He has the mustache. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Basically, he was his old lady's assistant. So, three years later, in 96, people noticed Marjorie never left her house. Bernie, who essentially spent all his time in her estate, just said she was very ill and was taking care of her. But Bernie kept up the act for nine months, claiming she was ill and didn't want to leave the house and didn't want to speak to anyone. Um, basically the kids came over and found her body in a freezer. She had shot her in the back four times and then put her freezer and then put her in the freezer in the garage. One of those old big standalone freezers, which are so fucking awesome because there's so many fucking uh, TV dinners in there. That's right. And Uh, like popsicles with the bomb you forgot were in there. Yeah. Like, like the shitty green and purple ones. Yeah. That nobody Uh, wanted. They kind of fell out of the box. And then you're like, well, you could go move those ribeye steaks over wrapped in white paper and see if you can't get yourself an old fudgicle. (laughs) (laughs) I did not expect that to end that way. And it was gorgeous. Fudgicle. An old fudgicle. fudgicle. That's your nickname. The old fudgicle. The old fudgicle. (laughs) Apparently it was pretty shocking when everyone found out because like I said, he was a super nice guy until he snapped. Uh, Oh, (laughs) I want to hear something funny. Um, he was in charge of everything. If you want to watch the movie, which stars Jack Black and yeah, Matthew yeah, yeah. McConaughey, I would have fought you for that. <laughs> I know, I know. What is wrong but with me? No, I'm the exact same way. Because you have it in your head, like you can see it in your head. And so you're sure of it. I do the exact same thing. I mean, you can't tell me that they weren't like they weren't up for the role together. Like you can't tell me. No, you're still right, even though you're wrong. For sure. <laughs> I just want to be right on one fucking thing. Yep. Uh, it's called Bernie. It's on Netflix. Stay sexy. Don't get murdered. Jessica. P.S. Until 2014, Bernie had been serving a life sentence. Then some new info came out. Boring stuff that's not interesting. I wouldn't even go into it. Honey, you need to stop. You're great. Got released on bail. Part of the terms were that between his release and sen- resentencing, he had to reside in I don't know. Richard Linkletter's blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like how in the actual fact did they decide that it was a reasonable condition of his release? The end. Oh, like basically that they were like, he's kind of nice and he's a good... So he gets to get out, but he has to live with this person. Oh, I see. He has yeah, to live Dylan with filmmaker person. Richard Linkletter. I guess. I didn't well, read it that if well. If that's the terms of parole, then so be it. <laughs> I'll take it. <clears throat> well, uh, I would recommend watching that movie, Bernie, if you are bored. Good. The only thing that's stressful for me, I was watching it, well, I would say about a year ago, and there's a part where Jack Black is singing a hymn in the church, and he's doing the thing where he moves his lip. It's just, he's the funniest person. Mm-hmm. But... It's really stressful because if you are avoiding anything in your life, like mm-hmm. say a bill or there's something that's kind of hanging over your head, movies like that, like for me, it was stressing me out right. so bad because he's avoiding, like he's killed her, right? And so she's oh. in the freezer and then he's trying to put people off and like do this dance <gasps> and like around tra- town, he's kind of like trying to like make it so that the problem never surfaces. Like waiting to get found out is oh. a stress for you. Well, like when you really kind of lied to someone 
someone and like you know they're going to find out one day so you have to tell them but you don't want them to know, like well for me it's less of a lie and more of like the it was my for a long time it was my taxes that I never took care of but yeah. I knew I had to yeah but and you're just like going about your life pretending that pretending you don't have this okay. huge yes. fucking problem yes which drains you in every way and is so terrible to yeah. do to yourself but you pretend like it's just easier to like to procrastinate than it is to take care of something when actually it's the exact opposite when you that, see it in a movie you go this fucking oh, ridiculous like you're in pain for him yes and you you see how dumb it is to do to yourself that's how I feel about people who like cheat on someone and then have to keep decide never to tell them yeah like I'd rather tell them and they break up with me than have to keep that for fucking 25 years but I think there are people who like cheating. They like having a secret. Like oh. there's that thing too of people who are like. <laughs> I just told people that I fucking huffed <laughs> air freshener. So clearly I'm not one of those. You're not people. a secret person. No. no, I don't think I am either. But I realized that that used to make me really mad about people, mm. like how dishonorable it is. And it's like, nah, everybody has a thing. Give them, let them have it. Let them have their thing. Yeah, whatever. Just don't be a dick. Then you can just like if you find a way find out about it you can just like walk away and be like well I wash my hands of you yeah you don't have to be like destroyed it's like oh that's your thing what an unfortunate situation for you therapy like tell your therapist find something else wait maybe you like kites You're not even giving him a chance because you're so into cheating. <laughs> oh my God. People who like are really into kites. That's a thing. Oh my God, that's what it is. They're like, I love box kites because I used to fuck every woman in town. <laughs> also, I killed an old woman. She's in the freezer. She's still in the Look freezer. Look at this kite. It has eyes. The eyes are looking down at you. <laughs> There's tails. Is that a thing on kites? Tails. Yeah. Oh my god! It's a huge piece of kites. Uh, Uncle Andy's really into tails. I mean kites. <laughs> uh, All right. Thanks for listening to um. What the, is this again? Maybe the craziest <laughs> episode of the Minnesota. Uh, this is a great one. Thanks for sending those in. Yeah, keep doing it. Keep doing it. It's good times. My favorite murder at Gmail. Say what's up to Stephen. Uh, say what's up to Stephen. Tell him to get on his homework. Um, really <laughs> tell them to make our fucking lives easier already please if Jesus. you could it's 2017 already <laughs> and uh stay sexy and don't get murdered bye bye Elvis you want a mini cookie he's eating I can hear yeah you want a mini cookie cookie yeah there we go okay bye bye bye